I don't know if you saw little friend Jack down here on the end, but you see how he held that Bible as the most precious gift that he had right now? And I realized that might only last for a few minutes. But that is the Word of God, the Holy Word of God, that we would prize it. And so this is real, there's a real reason why we give those kindergartners those Bibles. We want to start their journey in opening up the word with the word, realizing this is what matters most, the word of God, and to anchor their lives to it. And so um, all that we do in our church, if you've not been with us for very long, you'll just find that we, um, we tether ourselves to this book. Um, everything we do is centered around this book and elevating the word of God. Um, and the good news that's found within it. And so, so excited for um, those kindergartners this morning. We are um, going to look just briefly this morning at Psalm 46, as you heard Dave read for us. Um, And you may have already picked up on this morning feels a little different than some of our other Sunday mornings. And um, I just felt as we were preparing for this week and really coming out, if you were part of our uh, gathering last weekend, coming out of our summit weekend where we were preparing for all of the ministry for this fall and really for the entire year, um, looking at all of the things of the world um, that were happening from Afghanistan to Haiti uh, to COVID um, to whatever unknown things that are existing in your own lives that I'm not fully aware of, some of which I am aware of, sicknesses and challenges and uh, relational needs, all of these things, and just felt like, man, we need to stand on some solid ground this morning, and we need to seek the presence of the Lord. I've said this very often in our church that one of the reasons that we miss experiencing the power of God is because we fail to seek the power of God. And we seek the power of God. We seek him primarily through the study of his word and in prayer. And so I'm going to open up Psalm 46 and I'm going to just give you a a, a little, it's a short psalm. Um, And we're going to spend just a few moments looking at that from a teaching standpoint. And then we're going to spend the rest of our time together before we take communion and remember the hope of the gospel through that experience. We're going to just spend some time in prayer and in worship and just seeking the presence of the Lord um, today. And so if you're a guest with us, know that this isn't what we do every weekend, um, but it is what we do as a church consistently in various ways. Psalm 46 have your Bibles, I encourage you to open up to it there. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Spurgeon called this psalm a song of confidence. The psalms were often sung by the people of God, by the way. They didn't all begin being just read as we read them today, but they were songs. And so uh, they're poetic, um, just as our songs today. And, you know, if you listen to any music, there's sort of illustrations or language used that is illustrative of the emotion or the feeling or whatever it is that's trying to be conveyed. And this was a song of holy confidence because as the psalmist begins, the world so often, very often in our lives, feels as if it is trembling. No, it doesn't physically seem as though mountains are falling into the sea. But sometimes I expect it seems that way in our lives. Whatever things that we're carrying on our shoulders, 
It feels as if the earth is giving way and the mountains are falling. And so the psalmist begins in verse one by remembering where strength comes from. The mountains are a picture of physical strength or a picture of creation, the strongest thing, those things that seem immovable in our lives. And very often the people of God and David himself, we know he would hide within the mountains. That's where that song Rock of Ages that we sing that comes from, that he would hide himself in the cleft of the rock as Saul was pursuing to kill him. And so we sometimes we hide in the mountains, but what happens in the place when we try to hide, those mountains seem to be falling away, seem to be crumbling. Those things that we put our hope in once, those things that we found confidence in at one point in our lives, what happens when those things crumble away, when they are no more? Well, it's helpful. The psalmist instructs us. It's wise for us to remember that even those things that we put our greatest amount of confidence in are just things. They are just creation that will one day fade away. God, he says, is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. God. As we seek the presence of God this morning, we're saying to God, we don't find confidence in the things of this world, whatever they might be for you whatever they might be. That is not where our, wherever you might have said, this was sort of my safe place in life. It's not the safest place. The safest place is in the presence of God, with God. And so we're going to seek God together. He continues in verse four, and he describes the presence of God. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the most high. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. His, uh, he utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Psalmist describes the presence of God and he says, that is where happiness is. That is where joy is found. When he says, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the psalmist is thinking of Jerusalem. And at that time, when this is written, Jerusalem is there and the temple is standing. It has not yet been destroyed. The people haven't fallen away to all of their earthly idols. And so they still worship God and they experienced his presence in that city, in that temple. So what he describes is the mountains fade away. God is our refuge. Seek his presence. When we're with God, when we're experiencing his presence, when he is with us, that is where we find gladness. We find and we experience his presence. God being in our midst. And guess what? God does not move. The mountains may move, but God does not. And it's helpful for us to remember especially this week, just the circumstances of our world. Nations rage, kingdoms totter. God is immovable. All these things that we see going on in our world, it's helpful for us to remember. We seek the presence of God. And as we do, we look forward in hope. Come behold the works of the Lord how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. 
I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Too often, I just can tell you in my own life, when I face uncertain circumstances, when I face challenges, my mind and my attention just become so myopic. All I can see is that thing right in front of me, whatever it might be, a due date at work, a relationship that seems to be sort of broken, challenges, suffering from our people that I experience and walk through with you. All of these things happen and so often we can just get so laser focused. And the psalmist reminds us this morning that God will be victorious. He is in control. He is sovereign over all things. And I love verse 10. I know it's often quoted, but look at the before verse 10. All of the things he says, I will destroy everything that seems to be destroying you, everything that seems to be messed up, every part of the world that isn't operating as it should be. God says it will all be broken. It will all crumble beneath my word and my power. And because of that, because we know that that is true, that's why we can be still. Be still, know that I am God is not something to say, hey, you're running around too much. No, it's remember who God is. And when we remember who God is, and we remember his power, and we remember what he is doing in the world, that is when we can be still. Be still is not something that we strive for. That Okay, I've got to muster up the strength to be still. No, what we say is, I remember who God is. And when I remember who God is, I am still. It's not up to me to fix these things. It's not up to me to solve all of the world's problems. It's not up to me to provide the world with every answer that the world thinks it needs. I need to remember, we need to remember, the people of God need to recognize that God is sovereign and he is big and he will do what he intends to do. And he doesn't need our help. Does he involve us? Yes, what a joy it is to be involved in what God is doing. But he doesn't need our help. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. I will build my church. I will establish for myself a people that are my people that I will hold firmly in my grip, secured by my blood on a cross, and no one will ever stop me from doing what I want to do, and no one will ever rip these people from my grip. That's what Jesus meant when he said that I will build my church and nothing will stand against it. The psalmist, looking forward to that day, knows God is sovereign. He is big. He is over all these things. And so we can be still and know that he is God. We need to acknowledge that. Perhaps some of us need to just repent of trying to be God ourselves, just confessing that to the Lord. We're going to sing a song in a little bit, not quite there yet, but... We're going to sing a song written by Martin Luther, reflecting on this song. You heard it. You saw the title slide, sort of the title of this message, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. In the 1500s, Martin Luther, the great reformer, the reason that we all are in church today for many of us, he was facing the Black Plague. 
his own son was near death. He was dealing with a world that was being turned upside down by sickness and all other things. He was also facing his own death. He was being pursued because of what he had stood against the church of Rome and protesting against the, the atrocities and the things where they mess up, protesting against the reality that they let go of the word of God. And so he's being pursued. They're trying to kill him. The black plague, death all around him. And he reads this psalm. And under that pressure, he wrote the words, a mighty fortress is our God. And he would sing it. And he would get the other people that were with him, his friends, and they would sing this song. And they would do that so that they might remember that God will be victorious. And he is that mighty fortress. So with all of that in mind, I just want to invite us to spend some time in prayer together. First thing we're going to do, I don't know, I can't possibly know those things that are weighing so heavily on your own hearts. But if you desire, we'd love to know those things. We'd love to pray with you. And so on the slide in front of me, you can get out your phones. There's a text message and you can text a prayer request right now. Even as we're praying, you can text a prayer request that you have. Um, We may try to pray over some of those, but if it's not appropriate or for any other reason, we won't pray over this morning. But you can know that we will pray over these requests, whatever they might be. We will acknowledge together as a pastoral team who God is. And we'll turn these over to the God who will have victory in those. I don't know exactly how he'll have victory in those areas, but I do know he will be victorious because that's what God does. That's who he is. And so I wanted you to be aware of that. But let's go to the Lord. And I'm going to put some slides up on the screen. And we're just going to pray for some of the things that I know that many of us are facing collectively as a people. Many of us are experiencing. Holy God, bow with me. Holy God, we acknowledge that you are God. We want to spend time this morning just setting our feet on the firm foundation of who you are. Help us to behold your works, your works, our own salvation. The fact that we can be called sons and daughters is an amazing gift, a miraculous thing. We see you at work in the world. But we also see so much brokenness and so much strife. And so help us this morning, God, to just remember who you are. And as we acknowledge your bigness, may it cause our hearts and souls to be still, resting in your victory, in your power over all these things. you pray right now for all of those who are battling COVID, who are sick at home, those with loved ones who are sick, friends and neighbors who are fearful of their lives. Let's ask God to please bring an end to this virus.
God, we acknowledge that you are sovereign. Yes, even over this virus that seems to taken over our world, not just in its physical spread, but just in our minds being completely occupied with it. And right now, God, we pray for our friends, our neighbors, those in our community that we don't even know, the nation and the world. We pray for healing. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would heal their bodies. You would restore them. In doing so, you might be glorified on the earth. We also pray, Lord, that you would just bring an end to this virus. We thank you for so many who you've gifted and equipped as tools in your hands to fight against sickness and to just care for people, nurses, doctors, healthcare workers of all types, Lord. But we pray. God, would you please cease the spread? COVID has no power over you. You are sovereign over it all. And until you do that, Lord, I pray that you would teach us whatever it is that you are intending to teach us. We trust that in your sovereignty, there's nothing wasted by you. I don't claim to, I don't know what you're doing, God, but I, I trust that you're God and that you are doing something in our world. And so I pray that it would just be accomplished. Let your will be done. Jesus, you said all things are created by you, for you, for your glory. So help us to just acknowledge your strength and your sovereignty over these things. We pray in your mighty name. Amen. Would you now pray for the people of Afghanistan and Haiti? The world crumbles literally in an earthquake. Kingdoms totter literally as regimes are changed and whatever the problems are, we trust and we believe and we hope that God would be merciful to those who are suffering, those who are in pain. So let's spend some time praying for those people. May our hearts grow in empathy towards those who are not like us. God, we lift up the people of Afghanistan to you right now. We lift up our fellow Americans and friends of ours who are um, suffering under the oppression of the Taliban. We pray for your mercy to be felt in that nation this morning. As your church all over the world lifts up these people to you, God, would you hear our prayers and would you move in that country? We 
pray for the pastors who have lived underground and have been doing a great and mighty work pointing people to the hope of Christ in that place. Lord, we pray for protection for them, for their lives. More that, we just pray, Lord, that you would help them to just be faithful, help them to know what to do, give them wisdom. Would you just care for your people, God? And we pray for those people in Haiti, some 2,000 who have lost their lives and so many family members, friends who are grieving today. Just these two events alone, Lord, just remind us how broken this world is and what great need we have to stand on the firm foundation of who you are. So we ask you to move. We pray that you would be at work in these places. Help us to remember them. And we thank you for the faithfulness of your people in both these countries who are laying down their lives so that your love and your hope might be known in some of the most broken places in the world. Bless them, Lord Jesus, we pray. In your mighty name, amen. You may have heard this, but a reference, we're gonna sing this song. One of the beautiful things, the reasons that we sing hymns in this church is because they connect us to the people of God all over the world and throughout history. They remind us of the big truths of God. But one of the Taliban, excuse me, one of the Christian pastors as the Taliban was taking over in Afghanistan shared this. He said, our song leader chose the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, as they were worshiping last week. As we sang the final verse, an Afghan brother came and whispered in my ear, Ghani, Afghan's president, just resigned. The Taliban are now in control. These people of God, knowing that their lives were likely going to end very soon outside of God's sovereign movement. And we sang, let goods and kindred go. This mortal life also, this body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. They did not count their lives as most valuable. Protecting themselves was not what they thought of immediately. They thought of, my life has been spent for the glory and the fame of Christ. I let it all go, knowing that his kingdom will reign forever. Brothers and sisters, we need to let this life go. We need to let the grip that we have on it go. This is not what it's all about. His kingdom is forever. His fame, his glory is what our lives are well spent upon. So as we stand and we sing this, we join our brothers and sisters around the world singing of this truth. I pray even as the Holy Spirit speaks, would you just perhaps repent and just say, Lord, I need to let go of this life. I need to focus on who you are and your kingdom, which will reign forever. Let's sing.
Thanks for listening to the preaching of God's Word at City Church Melissa. We meet Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. at 2300 Vineyard Hill Lane, and we look forward to seeing you there soon. City Church Melissa, for the glory of God and the good of the city.